0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bodybuilding Down Under Podcast. Today, you are joined by your usual foursome, Jack, D.Y., Lawrence, and myself, DC. Now, we have a great episode planned for you today. We're going to start off with a catch-up with the boys. It's been a good time since we've uh, we've caught up and seen where everyone is at. We've got a uh, an exciting episode of some show day wrap-ups for NVA, the uh, emergency services uh, INBA show. We had the ICN show on the weekend as well. I was over at the WNBF New Zealand. We had IFBB show on the Sunday. It was an absolutely jam-packed weekend. So let's, uh, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. I'm gonna throw it over to my man D Y just to see where you're at, man. How's your training? How's your nutrition?
1: Yeah, man. Everything's been really good. I uh, took a deload on the ICN Queensland weekend and I've kind of rearranged my training splits to have my rest day on one of the weekend days because that's normally when the shows are at the moment. just makes uh, training a little bit better, able to manage that a bit more nicely. So pretty much refreshed, had a deload on the ICN week. Obviously, there was a lot of stuff going on. So many shows recently. Rearranged my training split to suit the rest of the season. Um, So yeah, pretty much got into like first week of the new training block this week. Everything's going quite nicely in terms of like the nutritional front as well. Instead of like pushing like a decent calorie surplus what I was, since we're going to be going on a holiday uh, soon over to the uh, WMBF in Seattle, um, we're pretty much like having like a maintenance phase at the moment. Um, I accrued a decent amount of body fat. I'm sitting at pretty much the heaviest I've ever been, and I just want to sit at a good spot pretty much before we go over to the WMBF, so not really increasing food too much more, but at the exact same time, not in a crazy deficit either. If I had to guess, it would probably be roughly maintenance, maybe like 5 to 10% below that.
0: Hmm. Fantastic. Do you have any, uh, like cool gyms that you're planning to go train at while you're over there?
1: Oh, I think, I think Lawrence would be the one to ask about this surely. Well, when we go to New York, I know that we want to hit up Bev Francis and I think Lawrence has discussed about hitting an upper body and a lower body. I've already been there and it is a tremendous gym. They've got absolutely everything. I think we've talked about this multiple times on here already. They've got everything. And I know Lawrence probably wants to catch himself under that, uh, half natty lighting, uh, in the Bev Francis. Get him big Jim Mannion. No, get, no get, mate. Big...
0: Oh,
2: I'll be staying far away from that. I uh, <laughs> not with my uh, my post show spill. <laughs> at nah, least it... maybe in a singlet, but yeah, yeah. the the abdom- abdominals will be staying far oh. away. I think.
1: Don't worry, mate. We'll get Jim Mannion out of his office. We'll drag him out. We'll have him looking at you in the uh, posing room, fixing up that uh, fixing up a couple of shots here and there, and you know we'll be good to go. But other than that, I don't know. Lawrence probably has a couple. of couple of little gyms sorted in seattle i know he's probably located one nearby the uh facility we're staying at and uh absolutely not mate oh i, I have had one
2: look no i have one look i can't find anything like i'm literally gonna have to message like a couple of the i, I planned on messaging like chris Barricat for one and mm-hmm. then i was also gonna message some of the natty news daily boys because i I think some of them are like canadian but I have a feeling that they might have an idea. So you know, if we have any American listeners that have been to Seattle and been to a, a decent gym, let us know because I'm not sure. I um, landed in Seattle when I went to uh, Tierra's. Oh, oh mate, you're a local then. Just yeah. tell. Us, I mean, just tell <laughs> us where to airport. go. What's the pick? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I mean, uh, you day, could just bring a, just bring a couple of bands and you'll be fine. Yeah, I reckon it'll be fine, mate. Like you know. Few pushies, like what are we really looking for? But anyway, I've spikes. just I've told DY that on the day after the show, we're we'll finding a gym with a barbell and some weights and we're gonna deadlift until the spine breaks. That's <laughs> that's it. Well it's
1: gonna be it's good, good because bit... we're gonna have about two weeks off before we get back to Australia. So hopefully the Mate, discs realign that is, and realign, you know.
2: That's more than enough time for a, a small disc extrusion to resolve. and then by the time we're back in Australia, you know, our nerve pain is, is all but gone we've regained bladder and bowel function and we're, we're ready to go mate i mean it's,
1: it's easy it's probably going to be even stronger too like you know especially after oh, all that sitting on the aircraft for sure oh so. mate
2: 100 well you, you know how it is damage creates growth you know I, i've demonstrated that quite nicely this prep you know that left hamstring was as unbelievable on stage as you all knew so but there's method to my madness boys next mm, week I- next prep we're going we're
0: going even harder well, I'm pretty sure the hamstring is the first thing to give out before the spine, right? Unless I guess you unless you go past neutral in terms of your legs. if you're me.
2: If you're me, then yes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Hamstrings more like strings of ham. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just yeah, goes yeah, to nonsense. show how much tension you're putting into that targeted tissue though, Lawrence. Like, you know, you just can't handle it.
2: Yeah, well, that was the thing. I actually I was thinking too much about the, you know, the lateral um you know biceps femoris the the long head i was the mind muscle connection was too strong so next time i'm gonna need to like have like a show on on my phone so i distract myself so i'm not as locked in
0: makes sense makes sense so well, uh, before i joke it before i throw it over to you uh Lawrence, i'll actually throw it over to my man jack what's uh what's been happening i've been loving the updates on your your physique updates every week uh, mate, the uh, the forums they absolutely roast, don't they? I think they were some very unreasonable comments. Mm.
3: Yeah, it's um it's pretty despicable what some people can say, and um it's almost so ridiculous that I've said this to a few people. Like it's so the the comments were so ridiculous, like it's impossible to take them to heart because you don't know who they are, and they are very different. If it's um if it's someone that you know, like obviously if if Dy gave me some shit, like, and I thought it was like real. Not just him. He wouldn't sleep for a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought um, it was
2: pretty interesting. The um the person who left that particularly horrendous comment, the username was like yanualdates Dates <laughs> eighty five, which I don't know. Must be I see Pro things. on the end <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was also on YouTube as well, and I think people are definitely a bit more. Uh, they don't hold back on YouTube compared to Reels on Instagram. But um, yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying the updates, thank you. And things otherwise have been going well. I've just wrapped up a seven week training block, a little bit of a rocky block, just dealing with some niggles, which nothing serious, but enough to kind of like not be able to be at 100% for a particular session. But I'm pretty much back, back up to 100% now, which is great. And I've literally only got two, two blocks left. Like it's October, November, December. Then in January, we'll start pre-prep, which will start off with a mini-cut. So considering my blocks are 12 weeks and plus two deloads, like that's 14 weeks. So that's going to pretty much take care of the rest of this year. So when you put it like that, there's really not that much, like literally two months of proper growing until I'll pretty much have the physique for um, 2024
0: season B. Mm, Yeah, fantastic. I'd love for you to eventually put up a, like a progress photo of like the end of your mini-cut pre-prep uh now versus like the last time you competed because it's obviously evident you've made tremendous growth and progress not only within your lifts but obviously within your physique uh because i guess that's that's how it presents right Mm. for the work that you've done so yeah definitely do that comparison shot because i think it's going to be it's going to showcase some immense improvements thanks mate 100 well uh the general what's what's happening my man how we how we doing I, i there is a talk on the grapevine that you are reversing at this point in time so already see, see you're looking a little bit watery around the the jawline there but um <laughs> no, i'm kidding how are you mate how you doing
2: yeah the pictures i put up on my story uh this morning they were from 4 weeks ago it's it, it's all over you know we're uh, yeah <laughs> that 15 carb back in and and it's never quite the same but no you are right mate we um we have begun the reverse i actually came off quite a, a nice weekend this weekend so we had a long weekend which I know you boys aren't familiar with because every weekend's a long weekend but for us mere mortals that didn't have to actually physically go into the office on Monday due to the king's birthday so Gemma and I we made the most of that went down to just her granddad's unit on the Gold Coast which was actually really nice like I must say like there's always that temptation when you're in prep to just stay home and you know it's easier you know you don't have to transport as much food you're in your usual environment but I thought it was important for us sort of like as a, as a couple to get away. You know, she's given up a lot for me this year and she's made a lot of sacrifices. And it was just nice to have a weekend away where, you know, you're out of the usual environment. We got to go to Karaman Wildlife Sanctuary, obviously something we don't get to do too often. We, you know, prepared a meal together that was outside of my usual you know five meals or whatever that i normally have but it was something we could have together and i could still track and whatnot so that was really nice like some really nice downtime and then um you know the the check-in that we had on the weekend with joey he basically gave me a refeed a, a slight refeed not to the extent that we've had in previous weeks um but we just had like a little uptick in carbs on the monday of this week and then following that we've essentially i think this week added to training days and non-training days we've increased by five fat and i think 15 grams of carbs so you know a true reverse diet type increase you know this is not the sort of thing that we would be doing like post-show you know we'd be making a much more insertive increase but whilst you're still in prep you know the, the idea is not to increase food to the point of gaining body fat it's it's to just chip away at the deficit and you know hopefully fill out the physique a bit more was very happy with the shots this morning. Still holding condition, still very sharp. But yeah, essentially, mate, like we we both had a, a pretty big chat and sort of said, you know, there's there's not really any more condition to be chased slash, you know, what would it really bring my physique? It's not like I was losing shots because, you know, I was just getting blown away in conditioning. Um, I'm obviously losing shots because of size. So it wouldn't make sense to try and get smaller. And I think that you know, just trying to refeed a bit more into these back end of the shows should hopefully keep bringing the physique to life and keep bringing out some more details. And ultimately, you know, it's just about holding on from here. Like we just need to hang in there. So there's 17 days until ICN Nationals down in Melbourne. And then the Saturday immediately a week from that will be the WMBF Brisbane show. And I've just got my calendar up because I'm I'm always getting confused with the dates, but essentially... Yeah, it's October 28th is going to be that Brisbane show. And then it's one, two, sort of, I guess, three-ish normal weeks before we then actually head over to America and um, finish off with the big dance over there. So, like, even just counting the weeks of, like, normal training that I have left, it's like, you know, four or five weeks or something like that once you factor in all the peak weeks. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it still feels like there's quite a long way to go, but in the grand scheme of things, we're actually... You know very, very close to concluding this contest prep, and I suppose it's it's just about hang, hanging in there from here.
0: Mm, 100%. And I think, uh, well, firstly, you know, touching upon you going out and then spending some time with your partner and having some flexibility there, like I think that really showcases, um, you know, the, the coordination between contest prep and also, you know, being able to live as a normal individual as well and, and making some time for that because I think obviously prep is so all encompassing, but. Uh, you know, you, you kind of need to still self prep in a manner that allows you to be able to do some of those you know, small things and, and support, you know, the, the I guess you know, support those around you that have been supporting you essentially. Right. So no, I, I truly value that. And um, yeah, it's always exciting that the reverse diet, right. Where you bring things back up a little bit. I mean, the tangible increases that you're making to nutrition are, are quite, you know, minimal. So I think when some people think, oh, the reverse, like I'm getting an extra hundred carb, 200 carb added, added into the equation, but it's not usually usually the case in that regard, and just like you said, providing a little bit more longevity to your condos prep duration, like you've still got a good chunk of time, and to be rip and tearing all the way through that, you know, you, you kind of run that risk of potentially stringing out, right? So, totally understand that. But um, as well, before, um, just sorry to interrupt. So uh, you mentioned Lawrence that
3: you're um you're starting to feel some more, more of the diet effects, and. I'll be interested to see if like with the addition of some extra food, whether though that helps like, um, but do you think it was more so the body fat or do you think it was the duration of the diet psychologically or have, has your sleep started to become impaired? Like what, what did it look like for you? Mm,
2: yeah. I would say that like, I'm still very confident with saying that up until show one, I was like flying high. Like I hadn't really had like a bad prep day. And I, I still don't think I've had one where I've like, you know, I'm just in the trenches and I'm just hating life. Like it still hasn't been as bad as I've experienced in the past, but I'm certainly feeling draggy. Like by 6 p.m. I'm pretty cooked. Um, I've certainly noticed like food focus is up. Like, I've, like I'm have like i going to bed kind of being like, oh yeah, I get to wake up and then eat breakfast in the morning, which like I wasn't having that sort of regularity of the food focus um, earlier in the prep. But I'd say that from about three weeks out w- from show one, that's where my sleep went from being like, on another level amazing to like just okay it's still been really good and i'm sleeping really well but my body is wanting to wake me up earlier because it's hungry so mm. i think maybe some some slight degradation to the sleep quality could have gone into it i think honestly one of the biggest factors is the fact that you prep for 23 weeks so like 23 weeks to show one and then it was almost back-to-back shows because it was like show week off show and then you get into this like next phase. So the the time when you're in the back end of that first push to show one, you're just so fueled by the fact that it, it's so close. Like you're getting on stage and then you get that dopamine rush, you scratch that stage itch and then it's back into like another three weeks before you get to do that again. So I think that because that like, that immediate goal almost feels like you've reached it and then you head back into prep again. I think it's just more of like, a little bit of a knock to the motivation if I'm being completely honest because you're like, oh, I've already competed but then you need to like refocus and think, okay, no, the bigger goals still awaits. So I think that's part of it and I think the duration of the prep, I'm still a bit undecided as to, you know, like what I think about that because I want to see what happens when we get to the end because on the one hand, I know that like eight or nine weeks between show one and show five is quite a long way, especially when you get into very good condition from show one. but at the same time I also have seen examples of people hang on for longer like you look at Dirk and you know what he was able to do in his last prep where he was like absolutely peeled from like Jack 13 Thorburn, weeks out. yeah Forburn as well great example but it's like and everyone kept saying he's too lean, he's too lean he's never gonna make it and then what does he do? He like he wins worlds. So mm. I I know that they're like I'm not worried really about the physique fading away. One, this morning's photos were very encouraging. Like I I thought I I looked pretty good. And then the other thing is like, now we've got food coming back up and all I need to then do now is protect training performance and train as hard as I possibly can, stimulate the muscle tissue. So I'm not really too worried about the timeline, but I think that in future preps, you know, I may need to get to that stage where I do backload the shows a bit more. Now this year, that just wasn't going to happen based on what I wanted to do, but- it definitely requires sort of that extra bit of thought. And also just from like a a sort of life perspective as well. Like I, I'm not sort of unbeknownst to the fact that uh, like I've essentially asked Gemma, who's not a competitor to sort of like hang with me through this from the point of like the end of March to the end of November. Mm. And like that's a, a really long time for someone who's not in the sport to like be willing to, you know, put up with the fact that like we can't really go out for dinners I need to be a early. I need to train. I can't miss sessions. Like, and I think that, you know, for the listeners it probably just highlights the fact that she's an absolute weapon and I'm, I'm very, very fortunate, but you know, Thank like God. that's another, that's another thing, you know, like I, I, I almost, yeah, I have that feeling where yes, I'm super excited for the rest of the prep, but there is that part of me now that is looking forward to getting back to normal.
0: Mm. Mm, absolutely. I think regardless of the, the reverse diet in place, just the fact that you are extremely lean and you're holding that for such a long period of time, I do think that that can have a deleterious effect you know, on, on one's conditioning and potentially run the risk of streaming out eventually. Like, There's got to be a cap, right? There's got to be a, an upper limit in terms of duration as to how long you can stay absolutely peeled for before you see some, some detriment in one's physique. Um, I was actually talking to Brandon about this a while back and we we're talking about how... You know, some athletes go through a contest prep and let's say season A, and then they, they come back up a little bit and they go back down to, to season B. And even though food has been brought back up temporarily, uh, often it's, it's common, set, the, the look upon the second season sometimes looks worse and more times than, than not, um, it looks worse in the second season. I just think it's a product of the diet condition for just so long, despite doing one's best to preserve sleep quality, training quality, you know, et cetera, et cetera.
1: On that note there, I've seen a fair few people do like back-to-back seasons. And like what you said, DC, they often look worse. And I don't think I've actually ever seen a competitor that has come in a second time round looking better. Than what they did on the first time, unless they were severely out of condition. I think Jeff might have done it once where his prep got, uh, Joey's client Jeff might have done it his first time when his prep got cancelled, but he didn't go all the way through and he still held decent condition coming out. So he didn't actually finish the prep. But yeah, it's very rarely that you would ever see someone do a back to back season and look miles better than what they did in the first time.
0: Mm, 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 for sure one other individual that, that i thought um could 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 sort of back to back quite well was was michael right so um who who won the the 40 plus at the IFBB show uh, as a natty over the weekend mm. he he prepped season a and then season b and then won his pro card and icn and nba upon that second season of course competition is is different but you know it's it's i think there's some rare occasions where you can hold on to your physique but i would i would somewhat argue that that's Those that are getting to bodybuilding conditioning, you know, extreme levels of conditioning, it's probably harder to preserve that than perhaps not to say, you know, physique is not as lean, but, um, it probably isn't right. Really, realistically, it probably isn't as lean as being you know fully peeled through, through the glutes as an example. But, um, did you have something to say, Jack, did I cut you off then?
3: Uh, I was just going to say that the, I resonate with like having that gap after show one because, there's not as much external motivation between shows. It, it is definitely more difficult. I remember that from my last season in between the state show and nationals. And I think you have slightly drawn the short straw in terms of the duration of the season. Like for me, I'm hope, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that next year, season B, it's not going to be a full nine, eight, nine weeks. I'm hoping that they push back that first showing. And, and even I'm considering even maybe not doing the first ICN show just to push it back even further. I'll just do the state show and then, and then nationals and stuff but yeah we've mm. got plenty of episodes between now and then yeah definitely
0: but i'm i, I can pretty much i mean I'm, I'm gonna say go as far as saying i can confirm but if i have a look at the let's say the icn website in terms of their calendar it does look like the shows are being pushed back by three weeks or so so for yeah. example with season a next year uh typically when the sunshine coast show would be on is now when like nationals would usually be on so I, I think of the product of everything being shifted back that might help to shorten that window a little bit because I do notice a lot of competitors really struggle to hold on, right? In terms of conditioning, in terms of the diet phase, they wrap up the state show and they're like, I can't hold on for another three, four weeks until nationals. And mm-hmm. truthfully, I mean, what's the reason why there's such a large gap? You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like that that can be that can be fixed up. And obviously, I I believe it is. I think the, the premise there is that across the board trying to get shows a little bit more closer to as an example let's say icn worlds which tends to be so late down the track people are are not encouraged or are not motivated to hold on on for that long as well right so yeah yes something for us to to look forward to i guess moving forward but um about myself and i'm glad you boys asked but uh (laughs) i um yeah i'll edit it in don't worry yeah, no, awesome, fantastic. No, it's been a it's been a really eventful uh, last few weeks. That's for sure. It's been a ton of travel, right? So, uh, obviously, the tropics show. Then it was um after tropics, it was the Canberra show, and then Nicole and I got on a flight and flew over to Christchurch. We were in Christchurch for a week. We arrived uh, Wednesday morning, like super early, like one 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 a.m. and uh, we left on Sunday. But we were privileged enough to to go to the WNBF New Zealand show and uh and guest judge there so that was a really cool opportunity um and hopefully we'll we'll be back next year as well and and sort of make this like a regular regular occurrence but um it was such a well-run show you know props to simon and uh and steph who are the the wmbf president slash um co-president and they just ran such such a great show overall the quality was was fantastic the overall winners were were definitely like clear standouts, but um yeah, the show was just so well run and we had an absolute you know ball there as well I uh, got to judge Eric Helms, which was very cool got to meet him as well such a nice gent and um maybe competing at the the wnbf Australia show which will be very exciting for I'm sure a lot of people who really value him and, and look up to him and and um you know would like to meet him may, may actually see him at that show as well so um yeah such a such a great such a great weekend we then flew back uh to Sydney actually we're in Sydney at the moment. We're staying here up until, until Sunday. So it's been a, a ton of flights and a ton of movements. And it does mean that my my training and my nutrition has been a little bit more out of sorts than what it would usually be if I was just, you know, at home within a close proximity to my fridge slash kitchen. But it uh, has been trying to kind of, to, to, I guess, um, flexible diet, you know, and, and track on the fly, which does mean a little, bit, you know, a few more inaccuracies. And obviously, in terms of the training front there, equipment availability is so different amongst different gyms although we did train at some really cool gyms in, in christchurch shout out to inception gym there which was the, the people there were lovely it was actually such a cool gym um so yeah it's been a very very eventful couple of weeks that that's for sure
3: did you uh when you were judging at wmbf did you use any scorecards
0: yes yes we did so the, there was four of us on the panel there, and basically you sit on the panel, you minimally converse with the people left and right of you. Uh, depending on obviously the the criteria, you would mark their score from you know a one to whatever number. So for example, there's six people in a category or a division, sorry, then you'd mark it from you know one to six. Obviously, the lowest score being the the top place, um, and you would mark, for example, within the bodybuilding, we would mark symmetry firstly, and then we would mark the the muscularity round second, um, if there was a, a tiebreaker, we had to to write down in the scorecard, um, you know the reason for the tiebreaker. I mean, why they were tying, and then the, essentially who we gave the particular win to for the reason, and then essentially after that, Simon Wood, who was the head judge, would collate uh, the scorecards and essentially you know do do the do the markup, and uh, we'd obviously select at that point you know who was the winner, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was such a, a great insight into WNBF judging and just what's the, I guess the the rigidity around the judging rules and 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 how that's run. So uh, it was just really cool to be a part of. And it makes me even more excited in terms of the, the WNBF Australia show here as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a very strong panel of judges on that. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, a great a great a great day, that's for sure.
3: Did you find that people were on stage for longer because it took longer to judge or?
0: I would say so yeah definitely 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 we we held competitors up there for for a longer duration and i mean it was a it was a rather small show which unfortunately meant that uh although pro cards were to be awarded at that show no pro cards were, were handed out they had a um an additional sort of online panel which consisted of bob bell and nancy and uh and they were sort of looking over the show to to see the quality and also the number of competitors uh, because typically there are rules associated with needing a certain amount of competitors on stage to you know, hand off a pro card. And because this is the only, the only second year of the WNBF New Zealand show, they're wanting to determine, you know, the quality there and essentially hand out a pro card uh, if there were enough quality, quality competitors. And although I thought there were plenty of quality competitors, I understand their rationale for perhaps holding back on that. Although I do think perhaps there are a few, few athletes that were you know, pro worthy in my eyes, I think, but um yes so so yeah yeah
3: i know i, I think- noticed that i i was watching the natty news daily video on youtube which they're actually doing quite a good job at i know because lawrence was recently shouted out on one of them but i'm in i'm enjoying them uh they they basically recap the the happenings across the week and uh, highlighting different athletes which is which is quite enjoyable
0: mm. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, man, you can be very excited to, to be competing in the WNBF show. Uh Lawrence, that's for sure. I think it's gonna be a great show. And just just the time in which you get up on stage, uh, um, how it's marked, how it's you know, the criteria, everything like that, I think it's gonna be a great show for you. And I'm so excited for you to head over to Worlds, man. I think it's gonna be such cool. I'm actually like so envious of you because the more I've been immersed within this, the more I'm like, man, I am so excited for this myself. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm not pumped, mate. You, like,
0: you boys are on, on it before I am, that's for
1: sure.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited, man. Like, it, it's it's not just the fact that it's like an overseas trip and, like, and that sort of thing, but I think, you know, people underestimate. Like, I've literally been... I've circled this show in 2023 since 2018. Like, I've got messages with Joey back then saying we're going to go to Worlds in 2023. So it's like, the fact that it's here... Like, I, I said to... I was talking to my mum the other day and I said you know, now that it's October, I'm able to say that next month I'm going to Worlds. Like that is just mind boggling. Like it's, it's crazy. So the 14th of November, we head off, which is, is going to be wild. You know, me, uh, me and big D Y and a few of the girls on his birthday, heading over, going to go take over the States. So yeah, it will be sick.
0: Mm, I think it'll be such an eye opener, like standing backstage and just seeing the, the sheer quality of bodybuilding athletes, like in that backstage area, marshalling, like, I think it'll just it'll just showcase, you know, how damn deep the gene pool is, right? <laughs> In terms of natural bodybuilding as a whole, which like how exciting to be a part of, right? To be standing there up against these for these boys. So yeah, man, it should be awesome.
1: I remember when I was there last time, like you're sitting backstage at the WMBF Worlds and you're literally seeing everyone that you've like even heard of like you know you got like eric helms there like all these people different people from all these other countries like cliff wilson like you know and, and like the 3dmj crew's all there aj's there it's like it's crazy to think like you know you hear these people and they're all in this one spot at the world show it's it's a crazy experience out of mm-hmm. curiosity dc do you does any of the bk boys have uh are they going to wmbf at all Plus, Ooh, I'd I, have
0: to, I'd have to confirm on that one. I'm not, not I'm not, and not, not entirely sure. Not entirely I know they sure. normally
1: have a fair few at the IMBA, so I was just wondering because, as far as I know, I think it's only BK that's competed from Australia in one of those international shows.
0: Mm, yeah, there's not, no one comes to the top of my head that would be competing this time round, but mm. I'm no. sure that will probably change pretty You're soon.
2: I heard some some whispers that Evan Godby is going over because he he sort of yeah. came, I came out of, yeah because yeah, he yeah. did the NBA shows recently, so yeah. I believe yes. Evan Godby is is going over for worlds, yeah mm.
3: that's
0: very exciting because he, he is a pro as well,
3: yeah, and I Berto's his coach, I believe
0: as well mm-hmm. no awesome, no I think we'll. We'll have a couple of boys there representing Oz, and no doubt that that number will, uh, will certainly increase in, in the coming years. But um, we had a few other shows on, on the weekend, right? So we also had like the NBA show. Uh, we had the defense uh, and emergency services show as well, which I actually had Jess competing out. She did really well. She uh, placed second in the opens div for um, uh, uh, and I think she came uh second or oh, sorry first in the the 40 plus uh won won the women's bodybuilding so that's very exciting uh we also had the icn south australia show and shout out to scott i believe he took that out right so that actually looked like a challenging overalls between him and, and the other bloke there mm. so uh yeah what did you boys think of that of that lineup that show Yeah,
3: I I literally saw before coming on the podcast the uh, comparison between him and the the second place individual and yeah, would have been quite a close comparison. They both looked very competitive. But um, again, if you're not there, it's very hard to make uh, judgments around specifics. But I think Scott was very well deserving and like he won the South Australia show. When was it? Back in 2021,
0: 22? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, last prep, his last prep. Yeah, yeah, I saw so photos
1: I... of him, and he looked absolutely immense. That is one dense boy. Yep. Yeah,
0: one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So yeah, congrats to to him, and also congrats to everybody else that competed at at those shows. Um, and then we also had the IFBB show right on on the Sunday. Did any of you boys attend the show? Did you go and watch?
1: Yeah, I was there. I was there for both shows. It, it, it was good. A, a lot of the, the Natty's did extremely well, surprisingly, like, you know, obviously going up against the enhanced, uh, but like, he even had the likes of like Michael. He did really well, took the over forties. You had Muhammad as well there, which went up against Lawrence and the bodybuilding div. Uh, you had Scott, one of BK's uh, old clients, um, a natural ICN physique and men's fitness pro. He ended up pretty much cleaning house. I think he only lost to pretty much to two guys that were nearly in the overall and Josh Phillips um who else do we have there was also a bunch of girls that competed you had the likes of lisa reed hannah um chloe spring camellia and oh there might have been one other there i think oh uh, hannah. yeah hannah Who's there we go hannah? yeah hannah was there as well it was absolutely a loaded loaded lineup from like pretty much a majority of the aussies Mm, well, the and I'm pretty
0: sure the the women's divs, like the or well, the bikini div in specific, it had something like 100 100 bikini athletes, right?
1: So they had 400 entrants, I believe, and the most pretty much they have ever had in an Australian show was 300. Wow. So like they oh, had wait. pretty much like an extra 33% more across the entire amount. So I can imagine that Nationals is going to be like fucking loaded. Yeah, absolutely. And even
0: just the like watching online some of the quality of, of the women in the bikini div was just nuts. Like um congratulations to obviously Lisa did did exceptionally well there. Um yeah, I mean all, all those girls looked absolutely, absolutely immense. But um I mean so oh God, some of the boys that won the the bodybuilding div and even the classic classic guy as well. Uh, I think it was Kyle who won the the classic physique. Um, mate, big boys, right? The yeah. the the likeliness of natty competitor these days taking out an overalls for uh, for some of these enhanced categories is probably dwindling away a, li- a little bit. Uh what do you boys think?
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. When you look at some of the lineups especially like in the men's physique even like the men's bodybuilding, should have seen the two guys that were pretty much going head to head in like the opens like super heavy. They were like both 110 120 kilo guys, like these guys who appealed like it, it was crazy seeing these two guys go head to head so uh, I think the days of like the uh the men's divisions are probably slightly uh going a bit away. I don't know how many Natties might be able to take him anymore. Yeah, 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 hundred percent.
2: I think it would still be cool though. Like, I reckon like I will one day like do a do an IFBB show just to sort of like see how it goes. I'd obviously wait until I'm sort of at my what I think is probably my natural peak, and you know you at least would get up there with like very, very good conditioning, tight waist. Like I don't think, you know, if if all of us work to the point where we get to our like peak natural potential, I don't think any of us would get absolutely slaughtered out there. But mm. um I wanted to give a shout out as well to Jaden Riggs. You know, he's been working really hard for that class win for a long time. So yeah, big ups to him for getting his class win. And then- um, uh, a mate of mine, Josh Bedgood as well in the men's physique. Um, I thought he looked exceptional. And yeah, he had a, a couple of really nice play scenes. I think he may have placed second to Muhammad in one of the divisions. And yeah, Josh is just a, a super nice guy and um, a, a great coach. And I just thought he, he brought a really tidy package
1: to his first ever show. So just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out as well. He mm. looks really good for men's physique better, especially like yeah. the first time stepping on like the IFPB stage. He really had that men's physique look. And to be honest, mm. he probably had some of the best men's physique posing apart from the two guys in the opens. Um, he was he was really sharp. He looked really good. You know, a couple of more years of adding on mass and he'll be definitely a contender for the open classes. Mm. Flex is very much cleaning up as well. Dean McKillop's boys, they're
3: all doing incredibly well. I think it was like Jaden obviously, and then uh, the uh, the bloke who won bodybuilding, what's his name, Matt? I think. Yeah. Matt. Matt. Yeah, yeah. He
1: he he was he was big and he was he was sharp. Mm. I'll tell you what though, that Joshy Andrews, he he was close to taking him. They were both like absolutely, they were like neck and neck. I'd love to see the scorecards because like considering that Joshie Andrews, it's pretty much his first time ever being on an IFBB stage, and you know you're going head to head with matt o'reilly like he's competed multiple times before um you know if josh makes some t- tiny little tweaks coming into nationals it could slip out of the hands of uh matt mm. from what i've seen mm, when i used to work at
2: power subs josh used to be like a rep for one of the supplement companies like he would drop some stuff off at the store like it just <laughs> such a large individual like the muscle bellies and the roundness of like his legs and his calves and his arms. Like, I just look at this guy and be like, you look like a cartoon character. Like it's just absurd. So yeah, I thought he looked fantastic.
0: Mm, 100%. And just speaking on, 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 on the topic of, I guess, you know, competitors being immensely close and and making improvements. And, and I guess, you know, who wins can, can vastly change moving international as a, as an example. So you know, I think a lot of competitors can walk away from, let's say, the Queensland show and and make immense improvements. And and you know, it's placings that are not locked in at this point in time, right? Like anything can change. Essentially, uh, I also wanted to shout out to Alex Connor, who, believe I, I think he stood up on stage with you, uh, Lawrence, in, in bodybuilding at the ICN Queensland show. I think he competed at the um the IFBB in, in classic physique, uh, and I think he placed like third or something like that in his. In his tiff so, and he's a natty, obviously, a natty competitor. So, shout out to him as well. He, uh, it is kind of body cool
1: body He did bodybuilding as yeah. well as the classic. Uh, and he came second place in like the lightweight opens,
0: yeah, right. Okay, cool. Correction, sorry about that. Yes, uh, immense, immense results. So, it's actually really cool to see some natties like taking the IFBB stage. Um, whether that that um, continues onwards based on people within WNBF, et cetera. Uh, we don't want to open up that can of worms, worms again. So obviously, we, we addressed that controversial topic in in our, in our last uh, potty. But, um, yeah, congrats to all the immense competitors that competed across the weekend. Uh, I believe this weekend we have, well, by the time people listen to this podcast, it would have already passed, but the, uh, the ICM Sydney show, New South Wales shows this coming weekend, and then it's only, obviously, a couple of weeks left, obviously, until the uh, the Nationals down in Melbourne. Are you boys making the trip down
1: there? I'm going to Melbourne for this weekend. So there must be Sydney and Melbourne on this weekend. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. And yeah. IFBB Sydney as well. So there's pretty much three big shows all on, and on this weekend. Okay. Is that why you're in Sydney? Are you there for the ICN?
0: Yeah, so I personally don't have any competitors competing at the uh the Sydney show. I believe B does. So it is still to be C as to whether I attend that show or not, because obviously B has uh he's all over it in terms of where his athletes need to be. But uh Nicole does have two athletes competing there, which is Mia and uh and D. Uh so yeah. Um she's that's that's essentially the reason that we're that we're here. So give it gives us kind of gives me almost like a semi-holiday of sorts, which is exciting, but um yeah. Again, congratulations to all those competitors that did incredibly well over the last couple of weekends. And obviously, the work's not done, right? For the ones that are still carrying on with uh, with the rest of their season. But um, just quietly, of... yeah. yeah. Go for I it. know
2: that DY is not going to ICN Nationals in Melbourne. Are the other? Are you guys going to be there?
0: Yeah, I'll be yeah. there. Yes, I'll be there. Absolutely, tremendous. Why do you want to I'll bump up?
2: yeah mate. i mean i still haven't organized flights accommodation anything so yeah if i can um maybe we just drive down it might be easier have you have you actually not because like uh, we I haven't no nah, nah, i'm un- all t- over it no my, i'm actually going down like my my family so me mum and dad and then my sister and her boyfriend we're actually all going to be bunking there together which will be good mm-hmm. so yeah no it'll be good to to see you guys there it's, it's interesting how it's like um and it comes back to that conversation we had last week about like having shows with a few less divisions because when I went to, you know, um put my entry in for the ICN nationals, it's like, all, all, all I could do, the only available ones are the under 23s and the opens. So it's like, you know, they, they cut out like rookie first timer, you know, the, a lot of the masters stuff gets condensed down. And then, you know, you essentially left with just sort of the, the opens, the teenage, I guess the juniors, and and that's kind of it. So um it should i suppose create it will make lineups bigger but i think it should be a pretty smooth show so yeah just the two divs down there um they doing oceania good this this season they are but who the heck even knows what that is like about like i, I find it so confusing it's like two well, shows within the one
3: like it's an opportunity for another pro card that's all like if you win the
1: oceania you get a pro card so i would enter it if i were you i haven't it's well, a very I, it's a very loaded like class though because it's not like an opens class where you only have eight to ten like last time they ran the oceania it's like an opens but they've got like the new zealand mixed with like the australia and it's like you know you're sitting there with like 15 20 people in a class like it's a lot harder to get the card mm. but it technically is an open division across like you know the whole of oceania so yeah, yeah.
3: no pressure or anything i don't yeah. want to put you on the yeah. spot, Lawrence.
1: <laughs>
0: Well, that was the no, Aaron Aaron Curtis won his pro card. He won yeah. the the Oceania last year, props props to him. So might be worth going into it, man. Why not? Mm, I haven't
2: thought about it. Like, I mean, if... maybe it is something worth considering, but then you sort of go through the whole like,
3: but like think about it this way. like if you get second in your class and you miss out on the pro card by one, then like potentially you're up next in the Oceania. Like obviously you've got to compete against everyone else, but if you're at, you're going to be at the top contenders for a pro card. So if you don't get it in your open class, then you're going to be one of the, one of the top people they're looking at in the Oceania. So I, that's why I would do it personally.
0: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly how, like I said, Aaron, Aaron won his, I think he came second in the open class within the nationals and then placed first at the, uh, in the Oceania title after that
2: but would like what's but then wouldn't like someone who was maybe even, someone say beat me in an open class at the nationals couldn't they just be in the oceana as well no. No, they, no, because they're the pro just card. Their pro card. yeah they're, they're not amateur anymore
1: uh, so oh so, they would so be is it intentionally after side. yeah, yeah it's, it is it's after Ah, okay so it's like an alternate like oh, guys, uh, I gotta open go. class. yeah <laughs> gotta try does, does BDU you want to sponsor the entry
3: i'll sponsor you sure <laughs> cover it why not mate
1: well like oh, think no. about it like if you score your pro card jack's the only one on the podcast without a card like oh and that's worth it that's worth yeah. it's weight in gold yeah
3: well no,
2: i'll, just, right. well, I'll, be I'll the have most to look into that i'll have to look into that because is it just one open class yeah it's just wow. one Yes. Uh, It'd be interesting to see if they make you enter as like, it's a new
1: show. Like I wonder how much money that one extra class would no. cost. It's it's like literally the, div- like two divisions like after the opens. So it's like pretty much like, like if you don't get your pro card, there's another option for another open class pretty much like 10 minutes after, which is the, yeah, that one. But if, right. if any
3: bodybuilders are listening to this, don't enter
2: the ocean. Do not place. enter. Yeah. Do not enter that division. Matt, Matt, just start your recovery diet now all right me talking about oh i can't wait to you know i want to stand up against the best me i'm like all of you go home
1: i've got dy in the parking lot with a bat what do you mean i'm behind that curtain mate i'll be snapping knees you just point at him you just point at me this guy's looking full uh, off of the knee oh dear Uh, how good
0: well uh we've got a couple of questions for us to address here before we do a wrap up the episode i'm gonna keep this nice and sweet short and sweet but uh, the first question that I have here is, how has your coaching influenced the way that you now coach uh, with your clients? So, I guess your your current coach, how has he influenced or she influenced the way in which you coach now? Let's throw it over to you,
1: DY. Man, it's crazy because my coach Joe has changed my coaching life uh, a damn whole lot. Um, just his approach on anything, every every little bit of it. Like you know, I'd never used to give nutrition protocols prior to that, so after I coached with him and he was able to do that, I then went got my new nutrition qualifications to be insured, Um, And legally allowed to, you know, give out recommendations and whatnot. So he's definitely helped me on that front. But not only that, also my training front as well. Like, you know, actually having more periodized training programs, like, you know, before I might not have been as educated as what I am now in terms of like how to lay out the training program and also like how in depth the training program is instead of just a program, like, you know, going over like warm ups, like, you know, why I'm implementing certain things and stuff like that. I've kind of just like picked off little parts of like, you know, a majority of coaches now over the time um like you know you listen to like steve hall's revive stronger podcast and like you know you might catch a couple of things of what like those guys are doing and what some of the big coaches are doing like cliff wilson and stuff like that and i slowly just like kind of picked off like little parts of like their coaching um even some of the stuff that you and um bk do and then more or less just implemented it into my coaching experience so uh, getting coached has probably been one of the most in like the biggest things i could have you know given my success to is being actually coach because that like just took my business leaps and bounds further than what it was originally
0: absolutely what about what about you jack yeah so i think for me
3: i aj's definitely been a, a positive influence on my own professional development as a coach and if i had to pick one thing it would be execution of movements and just ensuring that i really try and encourage clients to send me videos that i can then look at and assess for execution and intensity um because ultimately that's your gym performance is the main dictator of how much muscle you grow so it's uh, so important especially for physique clients to uh to assess that on a regular basis
0: absolutely well said what about you Lawrence?
2: Yeah, well, I suppose, you know, I'm a little bit different to you guys in that my application to my coaching is not as much in the contest prep realm, but certainly, you know, programming and stuff is has been definitely dictated by Joey. And it's almost funny, like, you can sort of see pockets of, of Joey's programming, like coming out and in, in the way that DUI programs. Obviously, I've seen some of his clients as patients. And when I have a look, I can sort of, I can see those themes, and I can see it in myself as well,
1: but... There are certainly things that we both do different. Was it but the 10 that... by 10 German volume training that you saw on yeah. my program? So it was the giveaway. Yeah, mate, hundred percent. Just
2: got those Joey Cantlin roots in there. Um, but I think as well, like the, you know, sort of the philosophy is a big one for me where, you know, Joey is someone who is is definitely big on pushing people to be the best they can be. But he also, I think has a very good grasp that, you know, People have to have a life as well. And, you know, he's he's not going to push someone harder than is necessary for them. And, you know, for I think a great example is like for a first time competitor, like he didn't push me harder than, you know, he could have got me leaner, he could have got me more sucked down, like he could have prepped me for longer, but he sort of eased me into it. And I think I take that sort of rationale into a lot of my clientele, but also my patience as well, where it's like, you know, just sort of time your run. You don't need to like plunge people into the depths of like optimality right from the get-go. You could just sort of drip feed these things in with time. And I think that's a big thing that I use not only as a, a coach, but as a physio as well.
0: Mm, mm, absolutely. And in my case with Brandon, yeah, certainly. And I mean, you know, we, we obviously work together for, for a reason. And, um, but I would say, you know, anyone who's successful within their field and it doesn't even have to relate to bodybuilding. I mean, how many of these individuals are purely self-taught like it's it's never the case right you can be self-taught to a point but there becomes a point where you need to surround yourself with others that are just as successful more successful more knowledgeable just as knowledgeable perhaps they know something about something else that you don't like you need to continuously upskill yourself and surround yourself with people that are going to advance your knowledge base and your skill set and your expertise and that's certainly what what i believe i've done in, in relation to brandon as an example So, you know, we catch up once, once or twice per week in terms of a video call, we go through all of our athletes in terms of where we're currently at. And we even just discuss strategies in relation to future peak weeks. Uh, We discuss new, new literature that's on the horizon in regards to both training and nutrition. It just really provides us an outlet to be able to, to discuss, you know, where where we're at in terms of our our coaching and, and learn from other, one another realistically. So. Brandon has had a tremendous influence on my, you know, not only my personal endeavors within bodybuilding as an athlete, but obviously within, within the coaching space as well. And it just goes to show how important it is to surround yourself with, with others, right. That are going to accelerate yourself forward. And for any of the listeners that are perhaps uh, new into the coaching game or for individuals who are, you know, well, well well-versed as a coach, uh, I think this is even more of a, uh, I guess, an opportunity for you to reflect and, And think about who are you surrounding yourself with to to further your own development as well.
1: I do want to say on that front as well, it's like how far the coaching space has like gone in like the last 10 years. Like, you know, you might just have people starting to branch out into like the online coaching space, like the, you know, um, Lane Norton's and stuff like that, and now you look, you fast forward at ten years, and everyone's got these fancy spreadsheets, and like everything is moving at such a rapid rate. Like there's so many online trainers now, um, you know, and if you're not upskilling, and you know, you're not looking to pick parts off like all these good coaches, like you know, I think getting coached is like one of the most valuable things that you can actually do because it just fast tracks your progression um, compared to what you'd be able to do on your own. Um, and mm. like like I said, it's like it's moved so quickly if you're not keeping up to date with like you know what everyone else is doing why the hell am i still coaching with someone that's you know shooting me an email with three lines saying hey mate looks great here's your macro changes when you know you look at bk and yourself and you know you're doing loom videos you're breaking down why you're making the changes you know why you may be putting in programming considerations it's just you like if if you stay where you were it's like you're going to quite quite quickly realize you're going to be left in the dust
0: Mm, absolutely it's interesting because i I remember finishing off my my, my undergrad and postgrad next phase and thinking about the concept of a condos prep, and at that point I was like, you know what, maybe I can I can prep myself. Like I have the knowledge base here. Uh, I'd love to to prep myself and 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 sort of showcase to myself that I'm able to uh, employ these strategies using my own skill set, cetera. And I, I I think back to it, and it came from a place of like self development, but also I feel like it came from a place of like ego as well. I was thinking, you know what? I can totally you know get myself across the line and do tremendous and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think back, and I'm so glad that I didn't do that that I decided to reach out to someone and uh, upskill even further and because it right realistically, you know coach acts as a second set of eyes, but you're you're going to learn a tremendous amount from from that person, provided obviously you select uh, you know a good coach. Um, but you you your skill set will will advance tremendously. And you can then apply that to your own practice, you know, whether that be obviously within the coaching space as well. So, you know, I think a lot of individuals can kind of sit on the fence about actually hiring a coach because it either it's like I can do this myself, um, or I'd love to to showcase to myself that I'm capable of, of doing this. And then maybe I'll reach out to a coach after the amount of individuals that I've spoken to that are in the midst of a prep themselves and they're prepping just themselves and uh, they're sort of hesitant to reach out to a coach. Cause it's like, I can do it myself. Like I know this stuff. I'm like, do you really, do you really know this stuff? I mean, like you may know a, a, a vast majority of, of, of this, uh, of both, you know, training and nutrition perspective to bodybuilding. But I mean, towards the tail end of prep, it's pretty hard to make really rational decisions about your nutrition, uh, without getting in your own head. And that's where I think the art of coaching really comes to fruition is, you know, being that second set of eyes, so perhaps if yeah, listeners are sitting on the on the on the fence right now in relation to whether a coach is is suitable for them, just think about how much it can advance you uh, beyond what you may be able to do you know, purely yourself. And remember, everyone at the top of their game—it's very unlikely that they were just purely self-taught. Probably had some people along the way uh, helping them to get to their position.
3: It's kind of like some people when they when they potentially inquire for comp prep, they'll they'll want to do it all in a single consult, like they'll. Oh, I want to get you for a single consult, Jack, and I want you to tell me what to do for comp prep. And it's kind of have to unfortunately let them know that it's not quite that simple. That can't really undertake a comp prep in 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 an hour consult. Uh, you'll you'll probably need to do weekly coaching. A bit more of an investment than just uh, an hour of your time.
0: Mm
1: absolutely 100 but you said sure you said seven lots of cardio 20,000 <laughs> steps 100 carb and uh three thousand dollars in the pocket And that's all the weekend weekly check-ins done up front wasn't it
0: mm. at least at least we know how dy secured secured the uh, audi right
1: <laughs> soon to be a lambo at this rate there you go
0: <laughs> well uh Ladies and gents, that basically wraps up another episode of the Bodybuilding Down Under podcast. Thank you again for joining us today. If you loved today's episode, please remember to give us a subscribe and an awesome review. And we will certainly see you in the next episode.